Do you think, I, I don't know, do you think, um, you think people got codependency on Jesus? I think we should have a dependency on Jesus. Yeah. Because um, so. that's, I mean, that's honestly the only person that we can be dependent yeah. on. Hey guys, it's Jake. Welcome back to the Waymaker Podcast. We have one of my very best friends with me, Sherry Kendall. Welcome back. How are hey. you doing? Or welcome. Welcome. I, it's my first time. Yeah, but it could be <laughs> welcome back for the future. Yeah. How are you doing? I am doing pretty good. Good. How's uh, how's life right now in the crazy 2021 Nashville uh, limelight? <laughs> um, I would say as of current, it's really good. good. Uh, it was a rough start. Those first three months of this year were just like, it felt dark. I don't yeah. know if anyone, like it was a cold winter and mm. we had that one week snowstorm, ice storm yeah. thing, and we were just stuck inside and it just, I felt that darkness. I was so, I didn't get to be here for the whole snowstorm because uh, my wife, we we had reservations in Florida. I was so it's the only time I've ever gone to the beach, and I was depressed because um, I got to miss the snowstorm. I yeah. wanted to be here. I love the snow. Oh, me Everybody too. Everybody <laughs> else is like, I hate it's too cold. But if I don't want it to be cold and wet, but if it's gonna be cold, I want it to be snowy. Yeah. So when we got three feet of snow on the ground, I was really really super sad that I couldn't be here. And we were at the beach, and she's like, "Why are you depressed?" I was like, because there's a snowstorm. We could be out four wheeling. Because my whole Facebook feed is yes, like people yeah. playing in the snow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I uh, texted all my group, texted my neighbors, and yeah. I was like, who wants to come play in the snow? Yeah. So we got like a pool float and like, yeah. you know, whatever you have living in Tennessee because it's not official sleds. Right, exactly. And <laughs> yeah, exactly. just went to town. So we were trying to slide. They had the dog out there trying to pull him on a sled. It was a lot oh. of fun. No, I don't want it to, I don't want to be. Uh, here when it's cold and wet and i don't want to be to, in florida when it's cold either yeah i like if it's gonna be cold i want snow on the ground and if i'm gonna be in florida i want it to be hot yeah no, um so tell everybody a little bit about yourself sherry is um i'll start out because you're amazing <laughs> sherry is um actually a pastor she's an amazing uh, woman her heart is on fire for jesus but you have such an amazing story so Let's jump right in. I I don't know how I feel about that term of pastor. Yeah. That always still like catches me off guard. I'm yeah. ordained is there what I'm go. saying. Okay. So I yeah. don't like pastor a church or anything. Yeah. So um, originally from Buffalo, New York. Uh -oh. So you talk snow to sun, then we moved to Florida yeah. just before high school. So yeah. um, growing up, family of four. So my parents, and then I have a younger sister who's 22 months younger than me. So we were okay. super close age-wise and good friends and all of that. Still are. She lives here in Nashville. Yeah. Um, but yeah, grew up in New York. We moved around a little bit up there. And then, um, just before I started high school, went down to Florida and then from there graduated high school, went to Tallahassee, mm -hmm. Knowles, FSU. Um, and then I graduated in 2008 and moved to Nashville and I've been here for, it'll be 13 years in August. Really? So I feel like a native now. Mm -hmm. I'm almost to that point where half my life's been here. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you're pretty much a unicorn. Since uh, no one else lives here, like everybody's like, I've been in Nashville for two years. I feel like yeah. local. I'm like, you're no, not local. If you know old Nashville, if you remember going to stuff on like Broadway mm -hmm. before you had to pay to park downtown yeah. on Broadway and stuff, then you're, then you're old Nashville. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I feel, yeah, blessed to be in that, that club. Is this going to so, be final home, do you think? Um, Unless God prompts me, but it would be a hard prompt because I love the area. Like yeah. I've always loved live music. Um, I love the people here mm, in Tennessee. Mm. There's something about like that Southern hospitality mm. and having lived like North and South before, it's just like, 
it's in the middle mm-hmm. in so many ways, like uh, climate wise, like yeah. we're talking about temperature. We get our little bit of snow, we get the heat in the summer, mm-hmm. but it's nice and mild in between. So yeah, I don't know. I just love it. So uh, tell us, uh, tell us what's on your mind. I love it uh, when people come in here and just dive right into what's going on in their life, what's on their heart, what's on their mind. Yeah. So. Well, I guess a, a glimpse of my overall story might help to like yeah. put the pieces together of where I'm at now. Um, so growing up, like I said, family of four and everything, it was a we had a lot of trauma, mm-hmm. kind of dysfunction in the family. There was addiction and uh, mental illness with my mom. She had bipolar, and so uh, when I was 18, my parents did decide to divorce, which really that was my dad and my sister and I kind of left. It had been a lot of ups and downs, um, Mm -hmm. mental illness. If you've ever dealt, uh, living with someone that has it, you're kind of riding that roller coaster with them a Mm -hmm. lot of times. And unfortunately my mom, uh, didn't do well, like being medicated. And so the addiction had previously covered the mental illness. And so it just led to a lot of instability for growing up. Mm -hmm. And I use things like excelling at school and, um, kind of being perfect a lot as much as I could to kind of mask that like there was chaos behind that at home. Mm -hmm. Um, But God was always a presence in my life, which I was, I'm so grateful for. Mm -hmm. And so was church, but we grew up in the Lutheran church, which is kind of an offshoot of Catholic with Martin Luther and the whole reformation thing. Mm -hmm. And um, so church was always like a safe place for me and God was always a comfort, Mm -hmm. but my relationship with him, like growing up was a bit different because I think, I always thought that like if I was good, then I would get my prayers answered. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see it as that I knew he loved me, but I didn't know that his love was unmerited mm-hmm. and that it was just more about relationship. So um, that kind of gives you a little bit of the backstory. So I 18, I kind of got mad at God because I was like, hey, I've been really good. Yeah. I didn't party in high school yeah. and I followed the rules and I, you know, volunteered yeah. and did all the things why are my prayers not being answered? Like, why is my mom not healed? And why is there not like restoration in my family? So I kind of get a little angry at God. And you know, a lot of 18 year olds, you go off to college, they say 18 to 22 is like that typical years that people fall away from the church. Yeah. So I fell in line with that. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I like partied crazy, but yeah, I was in college at Florida state. Right. Right. It has a little bit of a reputation. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those like, but God moments. Yeah. Um, I laugh cause I wasn't going to church, but, um, God had me working at a church when yeah. I was in college. Yeah. 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 <laughs> in the nursery with kids. Um, so that was just kind of one of those funny takeaways yeah. like years later when you're looking back, you're like, Oh wait, but he still had me at church. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I see that. Yeah. So I came to Nashville after college, like I said, um, graduated in 2008 with a degree in interior design. Wow. And the housing market was falling apart in 2008 with a degree in when interior it rains, design. It pours. Yeah. And, um, so I, that was my first like little, I don't know what's going on here, God, but something's not right. Like I just, I felt the heaviness and like I was depending a lot on myself and not on him. And it didn't take too long for me to still find a job. Um, just cause I was, I, I'm always about excelling. Yeah. And, uh, so I did that and was working for about two years and then the flood happened here in Nashville and I had been given everything to my career because that was kind of that, 
identity thing. I wasn't over here living as like a daughter of God. I was over here mm-hmm. living in Sherry's world. Yeah. Putting my all into that. So um the flood happens and the business that I was working for at the time went five feet underwater, like our fabrication facility. And so everything we had been working for those prior two years just like oh. literally was underwater overnight. And um the book of business that we had completely went away after that. So it kind of made me stop for the first time. I was, I guess, uh, about 23 at this mm-hmm. point and be like, what really matters? Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, I had tried for so long to be so good. And um, then I tried to pour, you know, so much into work and I just felt like I was lacking purpose. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up super depressed. Mm-hmm. And um, the my boss at the time who I still work with now his name is Stacy looked at me and he asked me two things he asked me if I had prayed about it and Mm -hmm. what I was feeling and going through and then he asked me if I would be willing to talk to someone about it Mm -hmm. and he had a friend who was a Christian counselor and I was um had not prayed about it obviously Mm because I'm mad at God (laughs) right and um so he connects me with her um I don't get an appointment for like a month and a half. And I was like, are you kidding? Like, I want to run away from Tennessee. I want to mm-hmm. run away from all of this. Cause I don't want to feel what I'm feeling, but I stay, go to the appointment. And she asked me two questions. Mm-hmm. If I had prayed about it mm-hmm. <laughs> and if I'd be willing to stay to like take a class dealing with codependency. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I heard that word. Mm-hmm. Um, and we started to dig through a lot of like the past stuff. And it was like kind of a year long journey. And through all of that, I realized um, I'd been really angry at God. Mm-hmm. He wasn't who I thought he was growing up. Mm-hmm. And um, so, gosh, that was 2011. Um, I did a 21-day fast because I was like, okay, God, cards on the table, whatever is still between us. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm surrendering. I'm giving it all to you. Mm-hmm. And um, at the end of that, it was like this really cool, I went on a Trace Diaz weekend, which mm-hmm. is a Christian community retreat weekend that I'm a part of. Mm-hmm. And, um, at the end of it, there was kind of, well, I knew as soon as I got there, you're silent for the first part of the weekend. <laughs> and I knew that night, first night I was there and silent that he brought me there for forgiveness. And it, I thought it was like to be able to forgive my mom or be able to forgive my dad or myself. And it was really about forgiving God. Mm-hmm. And things just kind of my world lit on fire after that. Mm-hmm. Um, he's done so many different things. And I mean, there's challenges. There's so many stories I could sit here and say of like yeah. what that relationship ebbs and flows like. But um, I learned that his grace and his mercy mm-hmm. have been there for me all along. And I learned how to forgive and extend that grace and mercy to other mm-hmm. people and to love other people better because I've already been loved on unmeritedly so yeah so so you if people hear forgiving god elaborate on that for them oh yeah um i think just like any relationship human relationship that we have Mm -hmm. there's points where i I think we have to forgive god um because it's not always going to go the way that we think it is right Mm. i can't tell you how many times like I've tried to do things one way and I'm like, God, why aren't you here? Why aren't you blessing Mm -hmm. this? And, um, I don't know for me, it was a process. I I don't know that I necessarily prayed anything specific. It's just more when I talk to God, it's a conversation Yeah, a lot of times. So, yeah, I think it's always good to, to take everything you can to him versus, um, internalize it all. 
and then look back and be like, oh, wait, you were there and your grace is sufficient and, uh-huh. and your mercy was there the whole time. It was, I was actually the problem. Yeah. I thought it was you and it was really me. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what did that look like? What was it? Was it just like, okay, you win. I'm good. I think it was, it was it's a humbling. It's a yeah. surrender. It's knowing and trusting yeah. that his way is going to be better than mine. Yeah. Um, I remember that night and like coming away from that weekend um, after I kind of realized like that had been my roadblock for so long, I started putting things together of like, okay, wait, that prayer didn't get answered, but he did X, Y, Z out of this. And then it's like you could connect the dots almost to reveal this bigger, better picture that he's putting together for you Um, and that there were good things coming out of it. Like I actually had to. The thing that got me stuck then was that, you know, it felt like my family, that answered prayer of like my mom being healed and my Mm. family staying together didn't happen. But I was able to step back and be like, look at how much peace we have in our lives now. Mm. Look at like if I was still like in that caretaking role with my mom, like would I be in Nashville? Mm. Look at like these other opportunities that he's opening up and what it is now. Here it is 10 years later. Yeah. Um what he's done with my story and like the heart he's given me to be able to like share that hope with other people, mm-hmm. um, codependency and like understanding that I've been able to help like teach classes and lead classes to help people find like freedom from that. Yeah. Um, recently had an opportunity to start mentoring a girl whose mom has borderline personality disorder. And yeah. so she's walking in those same shoes. It's funny. My mentor called me and asked me, she's like, Hey, I have someone. Would you want to mentor her? She's like, this is what's going on. And I, she's like, if you want to pray about it and get back to me in a few days, I was like, Nope. My answer is yes. Yeah. I was like, I told God a long time ago, yeah. if he gives me an opportunity to be to someone else, what I wish I had in those seasons of my life, I will always say yes. Yeah. That is so. awesome. Yeah. So what do you tell somebody? Cause I know there's a lot of people out there cause you connect really well with like people in their twenties, you connect really, really well. And like, they look up to you, but what do you tell people? Like I struggle with codependency. Like yeah. what, what would you tell them? Cause it's something that I'm not familiar with. Yeah. So teach me <laughs> too, you know, to, yeah. So codependency. It's not like, I think people think of it as like a needy thing. Okay. And I don't know that it is. I think there's an underlying like need to be needed, okay. but we learn it early on with dysfunction when roles aren't in check the way that they should be. I don't know that I was prepared to answer this one, Jake, to have all my normal terminology. Um, But so for me, because like the roles were reversed with my mom in a lot of ways and I care took her as like a teenager, um, I learned to essentially maybe become pliable, if that makes sense. So if she was really high, like I would kind of like, go along with that but if she was really depressed i knew how to sweep swoop in and like pick up the pieces yeah um so but in that you lose a sense of yourself and who god's created you to be yeah um so that's the downside of codependency as far as like you it's that loss of what you want yeah Uh, for the longest time like i wouldn't want to speak up about things that were like my own yeah (laughs) because i would just go with the flow because i wanted to keep everyone else happy so, yeah. Do you think, I, I don't know. Do you think, um, you think people got codependency on Jesus? I think we should have a dependency on Jesus. Yeah. I think um, so. cause that's, I mean, that's honestly the only person that we can be dependent yeah. on. And that's, I don't know. I like, I look back with my story and like my upbringing and I don't regret any of it and I don't blame my parents mm-hmm. or anything like that. I think 
it all created me to be who I am today, Mm -hmm. which is who God needed me to be in this moment and this season. But if I wasn't dependent on the fact that God's going to use all of that, I could spiral really quick and be like, well, see, everything was screwed up back then. And now I, you know, these imperfections and who I am now, like I could blame other people versus being dependent that God's entrusting that he's going to use that for his good. Yeah. I think it's funny how some of those, um, when it comes to being codependent versus being dependent on Jesus is you look at the disciples, some of the things they went through and it all was leading up to like the rest of their lives, like being in the boat, like Mm -hmm. you have the savior of the world in the boat with you. Yes. He's asleep, but he's still there. Yeah. And they freaked out when the storm happened. He's like, okay, calm the wind and the seas. And then he's feeding the four or 5,000 and they're like, we don't have enough food or we don't have enough money. And he did that. And there was ample stuff left over. I think, those are just two small examples of how it led up to the disciples conviction. Like this is really Christ. This is him. And I mean, if you look at any of the disciples life, you know, they all pretty much died in a horrible way. Not all of them, but most of them. Yeah. Um, John the Baptist or John God, not John the Baptist, but John got out. Um, But I think um, those things led up to their, uh, spiritual strength to be able to say, no, this is him. This is the son of God. Yeah. You know? And so, I th- so it's funny you say things like that. What is a way that, um, you see people conquering codependency? That's so funny that you use that phrase conquering codependency. That's the name yeah. of one of the books. Okay. Well, I'm an amateur tattoo artist oh, and, okay. a, no, I'm just kidding, <laughs> and a part-time, uh, book writer. No, yeah. go ahead. Um, I think awareness counseling is a huge factor. There's lots of different groups too, because what you'll see a lot of times when there's addiction, uh, the other family members that are around the addict tend to develop codependency. So there's like Al-Anon, Alateen, different programs like that. Um, Even I think in like Celebrate Recovery, Uh I think they have some of their recovery groups are codependency based. Um, So there's a lot of reading you can do out there. Counselors, I know work through it a lot and are they all are a lot of them faith-based a lot of those programs the ones that i just mentioned yes um i don't know that al-anon is i think that it's a higher power type thing the same way like aa and some of the other programs are with codependency to people do they do you think a lot of them recognize it or i mean did it take you a while did you like know like i'm codependent on this or was it just brought to your attention from a counselor or it was brought to my attention? Like, but it was funny. Cause like, um, my mentor's name is Gidget and she was telling me about the class and like, she's like, okay, so if you want to do it, you need to get this book. And yeah. she like very glossed over what it really was. And I, I remember sitting there like reading the book and I'm like, it's, you know, telling you a situation yeah. of like John and Mary da, 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 da. and it's like, when John does this, Mary does this. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's me! <laughs> like yeah. again and again and again throughout it. So, yeah, yeah. Like, wait, I'm, are they somebody watching me? Yeah, yeah. And to clarify, like as humans, we're all codependent. Yeah. Like there is every relationship, but it's what degree? Because when you're in an unhealthy situation and a dysfunctional setting, for me, it was like that um, family of origin. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a healthy one is going to be one more of fifty fifty, like. Yeah. In a marriage, yeah. that kind of thing. But what happens is when it gets skewed because of dysfunction and that unhealthiness. So where it's 
70% about one person Mm -hmm. and you're down here at a 30% level and everything you're doing is essentially like rotating around this one person. Yeah. That would, that would be very, very tough to deal with is like having to be, I guess it's not at someone's beck and call is the best way to put it, but you're kind of prisoner of that person, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. That kind of the mentality of like you're held hostage or the prisoner of that person that you're codependent on. Yeah. In a lot of ways. I mean, the decisions that you're making, your actions, um, are, are keeping them as a main factor. And it's not, like I said, it's not in a healthy way of like, Oh, you're going to make a decision and consult lane before you do it. It's like everything you're doing is based off of, Oh yeah. You know, that one person. So not going to happen wifey. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no, I, um, I, man, I used to struggle with stuff like that. Like I struggled with like, I want everybody to like me. Mm-hmm. Like you, my favorite show was the office. Yeah. And I don't watch hardly any TV anymore, but like Pam Beasley one day is like doing one of her like little monologues. And she was like, I really like to be liked. I think mm-hmm. everybody should like me. And I think I could get Al-Qaeda to like me. And she's like, no, they probably don't like me. You know, <laughs> but I do. I, I struggled with that. Like I want to be liked by everybody. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I would bend over backwards and honestly, probably let myself get taken advantage of. Yeah just I don't know if it was for my own self-recognition or if it was just to think that that person liked me and in the grand scheme of things what I was doing was detrimental to myself Mm -hmm. and even furthermore not to knock any individual but what they were doing was not beneficial for me so it's kind of like a double jeopardy not only am I being disadvantageous to myself what I'm being disadvantageous about is not helpful to me either Mm -hmm. and I guess I had Somewhere in my thirties, I was like, "You've got to stop that." Yeah. Who can? I mean, and my wife, she'll say, "Do you think there are people that don't like you?" I'm like, "I'm sure there is." She was like, "I kind of like it that they don't. Some people don't like me." She was like, "I'm perfectly fine with it." Jake, you and I, I think, are very much like that personality-wise because that's a hard concept for me. And but some of it goes back to like family-wise growing up. Like my mom was the oldest of seven. And it felt like people in her family were always fighting amongst the siblings. And then, you know, yeah. as everyone got older, then there's cousins and all kinds of people involved. And I was like, I don't like that someone doesn't like me. Like, what have I done? Yeah. And at the same time now, it's like, wait, but I know who does love me. Yeah. And that's God. And that's yeah. regardless of, you yeah. know, what X, Y, and Z think about me. Yeah. So, And that's all I can do is be true to myself and true to him. Yeah. And I, and sometimes to the latter point that you made of being true to him, I fall short of it. Mm-hmm. You know, every not sometimes every day yeah there are times that i miss an opportunity or i do something the wrong way or say something the wrong way especially if i have free times on my hand that's my enemy is free time oh. i don't need free time yeah um but yeah i did i struggled with like i have to have everybody to like me yeah and i don't know why i'm that way because i'm an underdog fan um but i know a lot of you out there listening like it's okay you can go i call it the lane route my wife <laughs> She's perfectly cool with it. She's like, oh, there's tons of people that don't like me. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't bother you. She said, I can't control that. She's like, if I was wrong, I apologized. And if that doesn't work, there's nothing else I can do. She said, but I'm not going to be prisoner to, you know, their, you know, their manipulation or their whatever. She's like, because I can assure you, they ain't thinking about you either. Yeah. You know, TD Jakes, I love him so much. He's an amazing pastor. I hope one day I get to meet him. Um, and he is phenomenal, but um, he gave a sermon one time and it was called, I think it was called Let It Go, but he specifically was talking about this issue. He's like, man, there are going to be people in your life that don't like you and you let them go. Yeah. He said even harder, there are going to be people in your life that you love 
and may have raised you or helped raise you. He said that are not going to have your best intentions. And he said, you let them go. Mm-hmm. And I thought that's pretty powerful. Yeah. He said, because there's one person that won't let you go. There's one. He said, he went to the cross for you, you know? And I thought, man, that's really, really good. Yeah. You know, I, if he, I'm sure he came up with it cause he's so wise and, and amazing, but yeah, I always thought that was good. Let them go. That's a hard thing that I think yeah. I've like just struggled with because I think it was so hard to have like core relationships, not there. And like yeah. earlier on growing up that I'm like, Oh, I don't want to like, let me actually, I'm going to paradigm this. There's, this is like a before Jesus, after Jesus kind of thing yep. of like before Jesus, if I got angry with someone or something mm-hmm. hurt me, I would just wall off. Like I remember in high school, I had mm. friendships that like literally they did something. I didn't want to talk about it and a wall was created and I was just done with them. Mm-hmm. But after Jesus, it's the, almost the other way where it's like, I want to know that everyone's okay with me. It's funny. Yeah. Cause in like, single girl dating relationships I have a hard time I'm that girl that always is friends with her exes yeah because <laughs> yeah. I'm like I don't want anyone to be mad at me so, really yeah it's uh, so you really you really embrace that I just want to be friends yeah. that, that, that 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 statement like I just really want to be friends you're really friends with your exes yeah <laughs> y'all are so you have such a good heart <laughs> you know I bet there's a lot of people out there like uh I don't like so-and-so or I'm definitely not friends with my ex yeah. I've got a set of my friends who I just love that they, um, their marriage didn't work, unfortunately. Um, and of course they got children and stuff, but man, they are so, so friendly. Like they go to family functions to, to each other's family functions and their spouses come to them. And it's very, uh, looking from the outside in, it's like, that's kind of weird. But when you really get to think about it, they're making, they're doing things the best that they can. Yeah. And it's kind of admirable. Like, you know, their kids don't know any drama. Us people that are on the outside are like, do they ever fight? Or yeah. is this like super weird that they're, you know, but it's like they, it's just really, really cool to see um, when you can let go of the bad and let go because it really is a grip on, you know, just you personally. Yeah. When you let go of that, it's a good sense of freedom. Oh, it totally is. It's really funny. So we've had my dad and mom divorced and my mom's not been a part of my life since I was yeah. 18. My dad um, was married for about 10 years after and my stepmom, her name is Sherry as well. Okay. Sherry and Sherry. Amazing woman. Um, But that relationship, uh, when it ended, it, they don't talk, but my sister and I still mm-hmm. keep in contact with her. And my dad, um, the relationship he's in now, her ex-husband, um, my dad's essentially like helping to raise because they're out of state, uh, yeah. his two daughters. And, um, they're friends. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, her ex-husband came with my dad to help put a front porch and a back deck on my house. <laughs> okay. So, you know, it's just one of those things. I'm like, how cool is that though? That those girls get to grow up knowing that they're completely loved and it's not parents like fighting over them yeah, or time with them or disliking someone who, you know, they're yeah. just embracing it and they're the girls are going to benefit the most from that. Yeah. And it takes a lot more energy. I think, well, I don't think I know it takes a lot more energy to be mean and hold a grudge Mm -hmm. than it does to be like, I tried, you know, I think one of the things that I, I did with some of the people that I struggled with at points in my life is I wrote them a letter, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe it's not best to talk to that person or call that person. Just write them a letter. So, Hey, if I ever did you wrong, I am so sorry. And in today's world, you can text it. If you know, you're not afraid to give out your number, but like, Hey, I, I, 
I don't know if I did you wrong or you did me wrong, but irregardless, I'm not here to point fingers, but I am so, so sorry. And I hope that you can forgive me. And I try to encourage people. That's about all you can do. You know, if they reach out, great. If not, and you've cleared your heart and mind about it, that's all you can do. Yeah. Because staying mad at somebody or, or I hate this person. That's tough. That's tough on you is, is, you know, uh, and God doesn't want us to do that. Yeah. Because he had every right to do that towards us and he didn't. You know, he, so yeah, I see what you're saying. I think you just affirmed something. I think God just used you to affirm that I was supposed to write a letter to someone by you just saying oh, that. Really? That is so funny because yeah. it's been on my heart since Sunday. Yeah. And you just saying that, I think just affirmed. That. And you know what's bad <laughs> is I still think there are people that I gotta write letters to. Yeah. I mean, I I really do. Every now and then something will, I'll think of someone of my past. Not that anything bad happened because it's everybody in my past was really, really influential. Uh, even the bad ones, like they, I went through some things that weren't good, some things that weren't good at all, but I don't wish nothing bad on them. I'm not going to hang out with them. Mm -hmm. And, but I don't, you know, I, but I do, I still think that as you get older, as you get more mature, there are still people that say, Oh, I should write a letter Mm -hmm. to them, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's a good thing. What's it like being over the codependency? Uh, well, I don't know that you're ever okay. over it. I, I still have things that trigger it. I had a relationship during the winter, I think, that like yeah, sent, that pulled out those codependent behaviors yeah. again. I was like, oh, no, what is happening here? Yeah. And you start to not feel yourself. And I'm like, this is not like the strong person that I know I can be and, you know, yeah. that God created me to be. So, when those moments happen, I usually am like, um, counseling, I need a, yeah. <laughs> to get in for a session or yeah. I'll go back and reread some things. Getting in the word is so huge yeah, because for sure. just saturating yourself with his truth is so important. Yeah. So. I, I'm starting to think the older I get, it's the only thing that is true. Uh, and I know yeah. it is. I know his is. But I'm like, a lot of the times I'm like, okay, this is a really good thing or that's a really good thing. And then you dig into it and you learn like, Ugh. No, it's, it's not funny like i don't know if you read a ton or not i i like to read and yeah. it, i go in seasons and spurts with it but it's funny whenever i read a secular book that has like no mm-hmm. christian undertone to it whatsoever but yet they're still using biblical principle principles yep. i'm like oh i see that that is xyz in scripture so yeah All right. and even if you look in like modern day movies and stuff yeah look at the chronicles of narnia yeah it's unreal or look at superman it's unbelievable. Yeah. You know, it's crazy when you start looking at things. There was something else that I saw, like Shawshank Redemption. Uh-huh. Like, I have never seen that. Are you kidding me? Yeah, no. What? I think it's criteria, like part of Tennessee's okay, constitution. Well, small group will need to do okay, a movie yeah. viewing night. It's, <laughs> it's a rough, but I mean, there's a scene in there to where the warden's corrupt. Uh-huh. Well, he gets kind of close to this inmate who discovers all his dirty little secrets and the warden's always walking around like saying biblical things and then doing awful things. Uh, but um, this guy that, uh, that he gets close to is doing his taxes. He kind of unfolds all of his secrets. And if you look at it, it's kind of like your day of judgment, but that's how the whole yeah. movie is. And no one really connects those dots. Like everything that you do will be revealed one day before God. So it was, yeah, a lot of things in modern life, are focused around, especially if they're secular, like, wait, did someone get this idea from the Bible? Yeah. <laughs> you know, because I think even more now than ever, I think there's more evidence of Jesus's resurrection than ever before, yeah. like ever before. And it blows my mind 
in today's world, and I guess it maybe it's just misinformation or the lack of honesty. I'm not sure what the right statement is, but you can look all throughout the text about Jesus. Most people won't deny that Jesus lived, mm-hmm. but um, it's crazy to me to look at even after Jesus had died and rose, how people from the, from the day one were trying to shut it down. Like we got to shut these people up from talking about it. They didn't see it. You can't say his name because you know that. But I mean, it's through everything you everything that we deal with in modern society. Yeah, and leading up to has been about that. It's just yeah. crazy to me. Yeah. So uh, what's the future holding for Sherry? I don't know. You don't think? <laughs> I don't know. Um, I mean, I plan to stay here in Tennessee unless something yeah. that takes me somewhere else. The designer doesn't know what's going to happen? I don't. And that is actually something I've probably had to surrender to. God and I, we just went through a season. Yeah. Um, good or bad? Hmm. I think the end of it will be good. Yeah. Um, it was really rough in the middle, though. Yeah. Um, there were some things, you know, we all do. We set mm-hmm. goals, have plans. Mm-hmm. I am a planner by nature, a leader by nature. Like I have these qualities that are just so innate to me that I can't get rid of. But I, you know, set goals of like, oh, by this age, I'm going to be this. Mm-hmm. I'm turning 35 this year. Still very single, still no family. Yeah. <laughs> you know, those kinds of things. Yeah. And I'm like, hey God, like what's happening here? I've been praying and I, yeah. I go back into those old terrible ways mm-hmm. of thinking of like, I've been good and I've been doing all the things and uh just don't have those prayers answered yet. And yeah. I think I was I got reminded last June of um two big unanswered prayers, one related to my mom and one related to some life stuff for me. And it got me stuck and I was I don't think I was angry, angry with God. I described this to someone last week as like, it's like God and I have been in the same room for the past nine months. And Mm -hmm. like, we're talking at each other, not to each other. Mm -hmm. Um, Cause I never like left, like going to the word daily Mm -hmm. or even like praying. Like I was praying, but I was doing like the really systematic prayers instead of talking to God. Mm -hmm. And um, he actually showed me through fasting during Holy week that like, well, actually Kevin Queen from Crosspoint was mm-hmm. preaching um, on uh, Palm Sunday, and he got teary-eyed on that passage of talking about Jesus weeping. Mm-hmm. And later that day, I was do- hanging out at a coffee shop, big coffee fan. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I'm reading through my Bible study for the day, and there's the exact story of Lazarus dying, yeah. Jesus weeping, and it caught me off guard. I was like, okay, same story twice in like a couple of hours. I better read this again. And I read it. I'm like, Jesus wept. I was like, I don't know why Kevin got emotional. Like, yeah. <laughs> what's going on? So I read it one more time. And um, a few lines before that, Martha questions to Jesus. Or, well, she doesn't question. She states. And she said, if you were here, this wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. And I read that and it was like, God just like pulled a blindfold off and was like, see, you resonate with Martha right here. Mm-hmm. And I was one of those, if God's been with me, then why aren't these prayers answered? Mm-hmm. And so, um, there was some healing over the next few days that kind of happened related to that. But I went back to that whole idea of like, if I'm really surrendering to him mm-hmm. and trusting him and knowing that he has made all these curves and bends and detours of my life like add up to the destination I'm supposed to be at right now do I not trust that he's going to get me where I need Mm. to be ultimately and so um I don't know there's a lot of surrender in that so I don't know what things look like Mm. I know I'm in a really cool season right now Mm. um leading small groups um 
and I actually last night at small group with the young adults, uh, I'm going to get to baptize one of the girls on May 2nd. That's awesome. <laughs> so that's going to be really cool. So my first adult baptism. That's so, going to be awesome. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that, but I don't know. I, if you would ask me that yesterday at this time, I wouldn't have said that was going to happen. So I think he's moving and doing a lot of really cool things. So yeah. I need to just keep my hands open and yeah. looking forward. And I think looking back, you go back to the story of, I'll just use Lazarus and uh, his death. And then what you said about Martha saying, if you wouldn't have been here, this wouldn't have happened. I think God is so funny in this situation is so to Martha, it looked awful because Jesus wasn't there. Right. Yeah. When it happened, when Lazarus died and then the time until he showed up, it was awful. It was horrible. Yeah. They were, I'm can't. Actually, I can relate. You know, if your brother passes away, you or you got a close family member, friend that dies, you know what it feels like. But can you imagine their conviction and not even that, but how much more their faith grew when Jesus was like, like you know, the Bible says he grumbled, like, mm-hmm. mm, okay, let me show you how good God is. Yeah. Take away the stone, and they're like, what he's. Jesus, come on. He's been dead like four days. We're not doing this. Yeah. All the myrrh's wearing off or, you know, whatever. And he says, Father, for your glory, it was that I wasn't here so they could see how magnificent you are. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. no. And he tells Lazarus, come up, walk. And there, here's the caveat to all that. They went all these four days, worried, sick, where I wasn't Jesus here, this, that, and the other. But I think those four days in comparison to what it did to increase their faith and their belief in Jesus mm-hmm. was insurmountable. Yeah. And it will never be shaken ever again because he was there the whole time. Yeah. Just not the way that they wanted to see him. Does that make sense? Exactly. Well, and I think that there's so many times in life that, you know, we don't want trials, right? right. You go back to James, but what does it say? Like we are yeah. going to have those trials yeah. and what does it do to our faith? Yeah. And that's the thing, like you don't mature Unless you have the ups and downs, I think, yeah. to grow you. Because otherwise we would just be stagnant in that same place that we were yeah. the day we, you know, first entered into a relationship with God yeah. and Jesus. Um, but it just I don't know, it's necessary is what I'm learning yeah. the longer I like walk this journey with yeah. him. So And I think that's that way with everybody's life. I'm sure there's people out there struggling with finances or worry or their job or a promotion or a marriage or you know, uh, worried about their children or the the bills that are just piling up. And, you know, I don't have a direct answer for everything. What I do know is that uh, just like Martha, you may think like, Jesus, why are you not here? But when you have that faith and that hope, like, I know that you're there, but it feels like you're not here right now. He's going to do just like he did with Martha. Mm-hmm. Just keep believing and he's going to blow your mind. Yeah. It's, you know, it's going to be amazing. Um, and, and so I try to hold, that's what I hold on to. Cause yeah. there are days I'm like, where are you at God? Yeah. Like, where are you at? I love, um, is it, what's on it? Is it Waymaker? I don't know when I, they say, even when I don't yeah. see it. Yeah. You're yeah. working even yeah. when I don't feel like you're working. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's the truth. I can't tell you how many times like I've stood there especially over the past nine months, worshiping in church. And I'm like, I don't want to sing these words right now. Or even praying and being like, I don't want to pray this, God. Like, I'm not feeling this in my heart right now. If you were here, like, why, Yeah. you know, if you're with me, why, you know, am I walking through this? But he always 
it's again, it's one of those you stand back and you connect all the dots and you're like, oh, wait, he was there. He had this happen because then that allowed this to happen. Yeah. And when that happened, then this happened. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's really, really cool. It's just like the disciple. He said, you were under the fig tree before you came here. And he said, oh, my gosh, you're the Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, he wasn't, he wasn't physically like me and you sitting here, yeah. but he's still here. He's yeah. still there. He knows what you're doing. You know, the hairs on your number are counted. You know, so, <laughs> um, so when, um, before we start to wrap up here, you know, there's probably a lot of people out there that don't even recognize that they're struggling with codependency. Maybe not even, I think they get a really good understanding from your description, but it's like, what's the piece of advice or was there a moment for you that you were like, okay, I'm finally seeing the light at the end of the tunnel through this. Like, was there something that happened to you? Or something that you did, like, hey, I'm just going to surrender all this. I can't do it anymore. Yeah. Um, if I go back in my story, I think I shared that um, both Stacy and Gidget both asked me two questions. Yeah. And the first of those two questions were, have you prayed about it? And it sounds so simple, right? Like, we tell people all the time, yeah. you know, I'll pray for you and things yeah. like that. But I hadn't just prayed about it and talking to God. And I, for me, I connect to God a lot through music, yeah, uh, worship and things like that. And yeah. I was in the car um after Gidget had just asked me that question that day and had on a secular radio yeah. station and need to breathe son something beautiful came on mm-hmm. and um in it the lyrics say like hey now this is my desire consume me like a fire because I just want something beautiful and it to me like that was my prayer in that moment and I was like God I don't know what to say to you right now Mm-hmm. but I, I need that. I need something that is not this darkness that I'm feeling and this heaviness that I'm mm-hmm. feeling. So I think just asking and talking to him is like mm-hmm. the most simplest way, like out of the dark. I like it. I think so. it's good. Um, before we close, I think we ought to pray about it. Okay. Let me pray. Yeah. Sure. All right. Uh, and if you're paying attention or tuning in, just bow your head and, um, you can just take a moment and take a big, deep breath. And, um, God, Uh, Like Sherry said, I think sometimes it's best just to pray about it. There are things that um, each of us are going through. It could be a broken marriage or uh, addiction, finances, or the the bills are piling up, or um, got a child that's on the run that we just don't understand why things aren't going the way that they should when when they've been good parents or... uh, you know, the thought of COVID has you paralyzed or some other type of fear has you paralyzed. And sometimes it's just best to pray about it. So that's what we do with our, our worry um, that each of us are struggling with right now. We we don't even know how to put it into words, Father. Um, we just want to surrender it to you and, and um, have faith like Martha. Like we sometimes question, are you there, Jesus? And then you immediately show up and things get way better than we possibly could have imagined. And you do just amazing things in our lives and, and build our faith. Um, we just lay that worry father at the, at the foot of the cross. And, uh, we know, uh, that, that it will be better. I um, mean, we believe this and, uh, we pray all these things in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Sherry, you're very, very smart, and I appreciate you taking time out of your day to come in with us. Oh, yeah. I'm just glad I didn't cry. Yeah. I was so afraid I was going to be the first yeah. person to cry on the podcast. Yeah. No, I thought, I even thought like midway through this, I was like, you know what? 
we ain't got no tissues up here. Because <laughs> I did know when you as close as we are, I was like, Sherry may get emotional. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was so afraid. That was like my biggest fear. Is I was like, I'm not a pretty crier. I don't want to cry. I could have, <laughs> if you just started crying and we have tissues, I could have splashed some of this on my face and then we both act like we were crying. Okay. That would have been cool. I would appreciate that. Well, thanks for coming. <laughs> I hope you come back. Yeah, I would love to. So You're it's absolutely. been a lot of fun. Thanks so much. We love you. 